Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative. Want to welcome everybody to the last week in mortgage today. This is a new 30-minute video session that we started doing a few weeks ago. And uh, yeah, just taking a loose look at the uh, all the latest events, news, developments from the mortgage industry. I'm trying to pick somebody smarter than me uh, from our member network that uh, we know will do a good job uh, taking a whirlwind look to the industry. And I am pleased this week to be joined by my friend, Melissa Langdale, the Senior VP and Director of Mortgage for Right By You Mortgage, which is a division of Fidelity Bank out of the Raleigh-Durham area of North Carolina. Melissa, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So how's things? Slow? Boring? Yes, exactly that. Um, no, uh, just like every other mortgage company across America, we are uh, moving in a million directions uh, at light speed. Um, so, yeah, all, all good things, though. Awesome, awesome. And I know that uh, uh, right by you is the newer division, couple of years, right, of Fidelity Bank. And so how are they, how is the bank responding to like this crush of business? They Were they at all like ever dreamed that uh, you'd be cranking out this much volume? I don't think any of us saw this coming, uh, which is, you know, kind of good and kind of uh, challenging at the same time. Um, obviously, I mean, you know, increased volume means increased revenue for everybody. Um, it also comes with the staffing challenges and the, um, you know, the borrower experience that we have to maintain in a world of, of Amazon, right, where borrowers expect that they can get something in a couple of hours and the mortgage process is taking on average longer and longer. Um, so all of the challenges that come with the good. Uh, but yeah, the bank is, is loving everything that we're doing. Um, you know, like I said, increased volume is, is increased revenue for everybody. They're probably not loving the new 50 basis point refi fee, though, I'm guessing. You're right. Um, you know, that I think is, is a big challenge for our industry. Um, obviously, Wall Street Journal, you know, had an article this weekend that they posted that FHFA was um, kind of reconsidering um, the timeline of implementation um, of that, but they... Um, you know, have basically stated that they're not going to rescind, um, you know, their, uh, the actual, you know, adverse market fee is what they're calling it. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's some things there that are, are good for us. I mean, at least we can see some momentum in the feedback that our industry has been giving. I think um, Director Calabria at least is listening, uh, which again is a step in the right direction. Um, I think a lot of people had challenges for a lot of reasons, right? The, the timeline of implementation, I mean, they announced it August 12th and they're wanting it implemented on loans purchased by them um, September 1st. Um, and so there's, you know, there's this, um, there's this challenge, obviously, to implementing it. There's challenges on the impact of the borrower, right? Our, um, you know, we all know because we're all in this industry, the 50-bit fee is generally about a quarter percent of the interest rate, right? So if you look at a $200,000 loan, 
um, you know, that's a $29 difference in the monthly payment. That's over $10,000 over a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. That is, you know, basically equating to a fee um, that the borrower's paying over that, that life of the loan. And so it is impactful to our borrowers. Um, you know, at, at a time where, you know, there's, there are some questions around whether this really is an adverse market. Um, and I know we're going to talk about some of the housing, um, you know, things that are going on right now in our economy, but um, is it really an adverse market? Do we really have to have this fee? And I know FHFA is kind of forecasting into the future about um, what's going to happen after forbearance, right? Well, we have an increase in in foreclosures? Will we have an increase in defaults after this, this time period that people have been given um, to kind of lay low on their mortgage payments? Um, you know, and, and I see that that risk is there, but I also see the, the other sides of our economy where housing is really driving a lot of the results, um, you know, that, that, our, um, that our market is seeing. So, um, you know, good, good, and some challenges there. I think there's there's still some things to work through from FHFA understanding the the borrower impact as well as the lender impact. You know, for some, they're still kind of for some lenders. You know, they're still adjusting to forbearance and modifications, and you know, those with these these big servicing portfolios are also kind of navigating the same risk, and now you know, we're adding this extra layer that will be an impact um, to some if they can't, you know, if, if FHFA doesn't um, rescind at least the retroactive piece, you know, if they make it based on loans, um, loans securitized by them versus loans that are just new applications started, um, it could be impactful to some lenders that, you know, have these big servicing portfolios and are, are dealing with all of those things, modifications and, and forbearance um, challenges. Yeah, I think even if they would have came out and said, hey, all deliveries after November, December 1, this fee is going to be in place, people still would have been up in arms. But the, hey, loans you're delivering like 10 days from now, <laughs> basically every loan in your pipeline that's not closed, uh, you know, just talking to some of our larger members that just had ridiculously large pipelines of yeah. Fannie Freddie refis, like the the financial math was really astronomical and, uh, you know, easy for, uh, you know, people in the industry say, oh, you know, mortgage bankers are making record margins right now. You know, this is such a cyclical business. Mortgage bankers deserve what is going on right now because we remember two winters ago when, we, you know, we were all questioning in our existence and uh, what the future, if any of the mortgage market would be. So it's a cyclical industry by nature. So the whole, oh my God, they're making lots of money right now, which is being implied clearly by FHFA and even in the statements from the Fannie and Freddie CEOs where, you know, they talk about record margins and, oh, you know, lenders may not pass this along to the bar because margins are so high, you know. So I think that I was reading, I think that article you mentioned from the Wall Street Journal, and I think they, they, they asked somebody for bank rate, like, hey, do you anticipate lenders to eat this fee and not pass it along? And they're like, yeah, no. <laughs> That's Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, there's even, I mean, there's some senators that have really pulled together um, to provide a lot of feedback and ask great questions of the FHFA. Um, you know, they've asked basically for the justification. You know, if we're going to, why is this the number? Why is 50 bits the number that's going to help you survive this next round of delinquencies or defaults, right? Um, and I, I think it's a fair question for us to um, have an answer to. 
seems like a big a big number uh you know a 50 base at half a point on a ridiculous amount of refi volume that's funneling through right now yes i'd hoped that we would be talking today about breaking news that the fee uh was delayed and uh yeah what i'm hearing is that they are considering not rescinding it but a delay of implementation for either September 1 updates or October or November 1 funding days, which would make more sense. I think November 1 fundings with the agencies or September 1 updates either would be fair, would allow lenders to price it into the loan. Um, So, but if anything is going to happen, I think it would be today or probably tomorrow. Uh, We're getting, you know, um, the people I talked to last week that were privy to some higher level meetings said, they're going to be considering it next week. And if anything changes, it'll be by the middle of next week. So we'll see. We'll keep our ears open. Cross our fingers. Well, moving on to some brighter news. Um, you know, I some housing stats that came out over the last week were really jaw-dropping in that, you know, just in, in how badly they exceeded economist forecasts of what the numbers would be. Um, one was not too much of a surprise home prices, home values year over year up 10.1% nationally um, in all the regions, uh, you know, that they measure all were up at least 8%. So clearly home values increasing, um, borrowers gaining equity. Uh, The question on the flip side, is it creating a housing bubble? Uh, Melissa, what's the market like in North Carolina? And what are your thoughts on that topic in general? Yeah, our our market is very strong, um, but you know I think COVID's um, provided most consumers with not not all because um, there there are I, I think we've got a really big gap right now between industries right um, so economies that are heavy in technology heavy in uh, medical research heavy you know in those areas are are poised for growth I think. Um, but those those um, companies that are already considering work from home opportunities, I think they've um, they've allowed their workers to say, "Well, do I need to live in this huge metro area? Do I want to be around all these people?" You know, I, I think it's given people an, an opportunity to kind of rethink how they are, um, um, how they're living, and where they're living. And so what we're seeing in some of these markets like North Carolina, that's very um, medical research driven, very technology driven, even education driven, that there's um, more people are relocating here. So our housing is booming because of, you know, kind of suburban sprawl, you know, so to speak. So we're seeing more of that because of it. Um, You know, I, I think there's also layers of, low interest rates for a long time that are causing people there's, there's housing inventory shortage, right? So it's causing people to hold on to their homes for longer. Um, you know, they're more likely to keep a house that has a 3% interest rate and rent it out than they are to try to sell it. Right. Um, you know, there's, um, there's all those layers that I think are, are going on right now. I think it's, it's causing in some cases, new construction to be a good, opportunity for folks, um, but they also have challenges right now with a rising cost of construction costs, right? Because their suppliers um, are, are shipping in their supplies and the cost of all of that is increasing as COVID has happened. 
Um, so you're, you're where people originally approach construction as um, new construction is as being a little bit more affordable right now because um, rates are lower and they can kind of build what they want to build. Uh, the cost of construction, I think that affordability gap is going to, to grow a little bit over um, the coming probably 12 months. In fact, we have some builders in our marketplace that are already building in escalators into contracts. Wow. Yeah, the National Association of Home Builders released a, por- a report over the course of the last uh, week or so uh, on just the second quarter home construction activity. And the one item of note that I saw in there, custom home builds really skyrocketing right now, um, especially in May and June. And the column that I read attributed it to uh, you know, one, just what you were kind of hitting on the pandemic and giving people a stronger sense of the value of home, their home, being home a lot, wanting a nicer home, wanting to make your home uh, what you want it to be, but also the work from home by dynamic, the uh, the biggest driver of new custom home builds was people that wanted to custom build a home that could be set up for them to work really effectively from home long-term. So one of the things I think you'll, we'll see change, you know, uh, as a result of everything going on this year. I agree. I have um, builders that talk to me about, um, you know, borrower requests being or buyer requests being very different right now. You know, they're looking that open concept feel that everybody has loved for so long, they're actually looking at more segmented areas so that they can have space to be able to work at home um, and have children at home doing schoolwork, you know, and maybe multiple spouses working at home, right? So there's, um, you know, there's a little bit of a shift in what people are looking for from a custom build. Uh, And they're looking for it not necessarily in, you know, downtown areas where we used to see so many people wanting to be close to everything and, and being able to walk, you know, to places. It, it looks like there's a, a little bit of a, a shift in what people are asking for. In fact, I'll, I'll share a story with, um, I have a women's group that I meet with on a monthly basis that's in the market here. And um, one of them has a nephew from uh, New York that is uh, young. He's uh, young 20s. And um, he has shared with her that, I mean, all of his friends, and I don't think he's alone, which is the reason I'm sharing the story, that all of his friends are considering relocating to suburban areas where they can have land and they can have, I mean, they're, they're 20, they don't have households formed yet, right? Um, but they're, all, they're already considering where they can live that provides a better quality of life and gets them away from the hustle and bustle of downtown. So I think we're going to see a shift and where people are building and how people are living in the future too. So true. A lot of the trends that were emerging are now changing. And yeah, no different here in Cleveland. Uh, one of the biggest, you know, criticisms of the city of Cleveland over the course of the last 15, 20 years, it's just nobody, there's not a lot of people, we're, we're not a lot of people living downtown. That really has changed over the course of the last five, 10 years. But now, yeah, I think you're going to see some of the other trends that you mentioned start to develop. So uh, interesting stuff, but uh, uh, then another number that came out this uh, past week was uh, existing home sales, so uh, which was I think it was like twenty seven twenty seven point four percent over month over month, so over June's numbers, eight point eight percent year over year. Some of that obviously is kind of like the delayed 
spring buying season that is now kind of shushed into summer. Um, but a lot of other indicators that seem to say that purchase activity that we probably have already absorbed the quote unquote spring buying season here with these busy last couple months of home purchases, but that really strong home purchase trends are going to continue as we go into the fall. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And what are you seeing in the North Carolina market? Um, well, I think probably everybody on this call that's a builder is seeing that in their market. Um, I mean, most markets right now that the purchases are growing at an equal pace, um, you know, and, and, uh, in most cases as refinances, our world is no different. I mean, we're, um, we're seeing people continue to want to buy now it's affordability, right? It's also, um, cause rates are so low, but it also is opening people's eyes to, um, opportunities to buy second homes. If they're going to quarantine and they're going to, you know, have to be in their home for so long, maybe they need another place that they can get away to. And, and so we're seeing a trend in second home purchases as well, um, which is just an interesting, interesting shift um, in more and more people going that route. Um, you know, our we talked about our economy in, in North Carolina. I mean, because we are um, so driven with some of the technology and, and um, medical research and education, I think maybe we're seeing that more where people may have, you know, their primary residence in another state and it's just naturally they're coming down here as kind of a getaway. Um, but you know, that's, that's definitely something we're seeing is second homes. Um, more people purchasing those right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, and then, uh, so how is your, you know, the th so I guess the thing I'm hearing just from all of our members, obviously it's been busy for a long time. Everybody's working from home. Staff is burned out. You know, you kind of have people finally taking vacations here in the summer, which is adding to the operational stress load. Uh, how's your staff hanging in there? And, uh, uh, you know, I guess the work from home dynamic, you know, to me, it was like, okay, March and April, it was like, Oh my God, this is great. Like, Oh, our people are more productive, you know? And there was some part of that that was, you know, people working from home, like, Oh, cool. I'm working from home. I want to be productive because I want to continue to work from home. There was the, I'm happy to have a job because so much of the country is out of a job dynamic. <laughs> now we get into July and August. People are just like, all right, I'm freaking done. And uh, yep. a lot of lenders have said, it's just tough for, you know, to hold together morale um, and, you know, to instill or uh, maintain the type of culture you want at your company with everybody working remotely. How has your experience with that dynamic been here this summer? Um, I mean, we're experiencing all of those things. I mean, I, I think every mortgage company across America is, you know, our, our team has been um, moving 100 miles an hour for six months now, you know, where it's, uh, and, and rates are staying low for the most part, depending on how this refinance fee goes, but for the most part, rates are staying very low. It's very affordable for people. Um, you know, so we're, there's not necessarily a light at the end of the tunnel. We can't look at it and say, oh my gosh, in, in three months, you just got to work really, really hard for another three months, right? It's, it's how do we handle the staffing and how do we handle the culture? How do we celebrate our wins in the midst of kind of chaos? How do we, um, you know, how do we um, keep control of our consumer experience at the same time? Because customers don't understand that we're busy, nor do they care, 
right? Um, you know, I talked about Amazon earlier, but that's true. Like if, if I use the example with our team all the time about how my back was hurting and I ordered a stand-up desk on Amazon and by the end of the day, um, it was delivered in two hours. By the end of the day, my back got better, right? If I can do all of that in one day in about six hours, why in the world does it take 30 days to get through a mortgage process or 60 days or 90 days on some refinances, right? Depending on appraisals and title work and attorneys and all those things, right? Um, customers just don't get it. They don't understand, nor do they, nor do they care. They just want something done. They want to be communicated to you. They want to be, um, um, you know, they want to be able to save money. And um, so we talk a lot about making sure that even though we're busy, even though we're, we're pulled in a million directions, even though our team can sometimes feel like they're on an island, because in some cases when they're working from home, they are, um, you know, we've, we've got to constantly think about that consumer experience. So we share with our operations team our, um, our social survey results, right? They're a TMC partner and been a great partner of ours. And so we share those things with our operations team because they're a big reason we get five-star, you know, reviews. And um, so it's, it gives them an opportunity to see the consumer at the end of the process, to remind themselves, okay, this is the person that we're working for. This isn't just a loan in the process. I know I'm super cheesy. Um, but this isn't just a loan in the process. It really is a customer that needs our help. We're helping people save money. We're helping people access their equity. We're helping people renovate their homes or build their dream home or, or create a lifestyle that works better for their family right now, right? Is they're working from home differently and, and all of those things. And if we keep that top of mind, it helps keep our team kind of looking at the end result of why we're working so hard um, and keeps our heart in what we're doing. Now, we do a couple of things to just help continue to um, connect our team. We've um, rolled out some, um, and y'all are probably going to laugh because we're just rolling this out, but we rolled out instant messaging, and it sounds, you know, silly because I think a lot of places had it before, but we were all hunkered down in one place because, remember, we're only two years old, and we've been building all of this, and our foundation really was our culture and our team and, and everything that we've been doing up this point. So I wanted somebody to walk down the hall and build a relationship rather than, you know, kind of connect via IM. But as we've grown so fast, we've had to do that. And as new team members have been added so fast, you know, it's given them an opportunity to connect better with other teammates. Um, and so, you know, IM works for us. We've also done some happy hours, some celebratory, you know, sessions together where we make everybody get on camera and get totally out of their comfort zone, especially for some of our operations team. And, um, but seeing the smiles on their faces and giving them an opportunity to just brag. The whole happy hour is just raising up another teammate, you know, focusing on the positive that's going on in our world so that at the end of the day, we have a, a chance to just decompress all of the things that um, our stressors in our life are, are, you know, pulling at our time and attention constantly. We have an opportunity to focus on the good things that we're doing for our borrowers, for our bankers, for our, our teammates and associates internally. So we've We've done some things to just try to help connect people right now because after six months of working from home, it's super easy to feel like you're on an island. Um, and as leaders, it's our job to intentionally connect, intentionally communicate, you know, take the time out of our busy schedules to make sure that they 
feel cared for, connected, and that they feel like they've got the resources they need to be successful. Many, many, many good points there, uh, including reinforcing of the nobleness of uh, what we're doing right now, our industry, Um, you know, saving people money each month through refinances and putting people in new homes and thinking of creative ways to continuously remind the staff uh, about the greater good that's being done uh, at the end of all the Zoom calls and <laughs> electronic file file flow and, and work. And uh, yeah, and then also, you know, really making an intentional effort to connect like genuinely with your employees because it's hard. It's so busy right now. Like we have a team call every morning at 1030. And I, in general, like my belief always has been like we have to spend work time talking about non-work things. And you get in these ruts where you're super, super busy and it's tough to do. And I called into our call a few minutes late this morning and the team was like full blown into, you know, conversations about things going on in their personal lives. And uh, I just like let them go for like 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, you know what? I Thank you for like, we need the reminder that we need to create more time to get out of the drip, drip, drip of whatever is next on the to-do list. So. This is the time where relationships are going to be the difference, right? Relationships are going to be the differentiator in your culture and your success as a company. Um, You know, it's, we all know, I mean, there's a million recruiters out there that are looking for talented teammates, which, you know, is great for those other companies. But for me, I want to keep my team and relationships are going to make the difference. You know, we're, we're a small player in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, and that's a big piece of how we differentiate our value proposition to our our associates. Got just a few minutes left here, but the one thing I wanted to note was you talked about like the, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, typically in the mortgage industry, like if this was a normal good year for the mortgage industry, I think you just said it. Like, just you know, hang in there another couple months. You know, <laughs> we'll be in the winter. But that dynamic, it doesn't feel that way right now at all. And uh, I was just writing this morning the executive summary for TMC Benchmark and looking at all the July data. Uh, the one thing I immediately noticed that fifty-eight uh, percent of July closings were purchases, and I think sixty-one percent of July new applications were purchases. I think I saw a national stat that 61% of closings nationally in July were refis. I like to think our members are smarter, better, more purchase driven. So that didn't surprise me. But the overall volume, like if you take take out the refi business, it would be incredibly busy right now. Like if you eliminated all the refi, it would be insanely busy right now. I don't really see any let up on the, on the purchase side of it. I really don't. Not anytime in the near future here. I completely agree. Um, you know, I think last month was our highest purchase volume ever. Um, and so we've seen it as well. Um, I just think people are, are, you know, that, there's the effects we talked about earlier, right? That kind of pent up demand from the spring market delay. Um, You know, there's people kind of rethinking how they live and where they live. Um, And all those things that I think are going to really continue to drive, um, you know, our purchase market going forward for sure. Uh, One last question. What do you think mortgage lenders are making lots of money right now? It's very good times. What, What do you say? What do you see? Like I was having this conversation earlier with somebody um, 
the types of things that you see people in your position, mortgage lenders, investing the profits of today in to help them in 2021 and beyond? Because that's a good time to do that right now. Yes, it is. Um, you know, we're a part of a bank. So our, um, you know, the things we're looking at are portfolio products. How do we, you know, take what we're doing today and create long-term interest income? And so, um, you know, those are some things that we've, we've thought about to kind of think outside the box a bit and um, help us to continue to grow. Um, we've created some products that are a little bit outside the box that are going to help us, you know, to, to gain some purchase market share, um, you know, not only today, but in the future as well. So we're just, we're utilizing this time to um, uh, add as much value as we can to our, our purchase referral partners, as well as working as hard as we can to serve our bank clients um, that need us for refinancing needs too. So um, those are some of the things we're doing. We're, we're rethinking how we work and the products and opportunities that are available, uh, building out a servicing portfolio, um, you know, right now and uh, looking for products that can add value that, um, you know, aren't necessarily there in the market today. We're a little bit unique in that, I guess, but. Oh, that's a great way to, that is completely investing in your future. You know, it, uh, I remember those days from uh, my bank days, we'd have good quarters or years and uh, yeah, it's, you're pushing the envelope in, in a little bit different ways. You're trying to become stickier uh, to those referral partners. So good stuff. And uh, well, Melissa, thank you very much. As always, enjoyed the conversation. Always. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you to uh, everybody that took the time out to view it, view live. And uh, we'll be distributing this video out to our network in uh, by the morning at the latest. But uh, And we'll be here same place, same time next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Really appreciate everybody taking some time out. And we'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.